and all good points in between. As it is 44 past the hour in the entertainment capital world here in Las Vegas, as we welcome you to the Larry Allen, John Hanna, Joe Klecko, Joe Thomas, and the Hall of Famer, Leo Nomalini, of course, longtime Niner Hall of Famer, to the 73rd edition of the Other Side of the Ball. Double A Anthony Alvarez here with you live from uh, World Headquarters. And uh, I'm looking at three bottles of light beer. Anyhow, the Vikings got McCorkles with me. Top of the morning. As Welcome a, to the fucking trenches. Right? This that's, is that's what this, this episode is, this is. is. Welcome to the fucking trenches. If you like a big boy football, or as we like to say, thick boy season, this is the episode for you. But we're not alone. As you can see, it's just me and Scott in the studio. Chris is on assignment. But we do have a special guest panelist joining us from the uh, Florida Keys. Is the one, the only commissioner of the Florida Division of the A7FL, one Mr. Nick Alamo. Nick, how are you, sir? Good. How are you guys doing? Thank you for coming on. Now, real quickly, as you will be our special guest panelist for this particular episode, uh, real quickly, give us your uh, background of how you got involved in A7, how you quickly be, or how you be, eventually became the commissioner of the Florida Division, which also hoist the defending Eastern Conference champions, the Tampa Nightcrawlers. Yeah, so, uh, you know, my journey started back in 2017, you know, I created a relationship with Brian DePaul, and, you know, I was just messaging him, asking him, hey, this league looks great, you guys need to expand this league, kept talking to him, talking to him, eventually, you know, he, we built a relationship where he could trust me, and just get the ball rolling down in Florida. Gave me the keys and everything that I needed to get set up down here. And we just ran with it. And this is where we're at now. So it's been fun. And I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you for coming in. So uh, tell us about your football background a little bit. So me, I just played football in high school. Um, not really big on, uh, you know, any college or anything. But I just played football in high school. Balled out a little bit and then came. I did play uh, in the A7FL my first season. Oh, yeah. What did <clears> what <throat> you play yeah, for? I played wide receiver, and believe it or not, I was like one of the top five leading receivers in <clears throat> in uh, re- uh, receiving touchdowns that year. So I actually had a pretty good year. But it was more more because people underestimated me. I snuck into the backfield, you know, wide open, catch the ball, score a touchdown. So... <laughs> Hey, couldn't get any easier, but it was fun. Had a blast, you know, and we grew from that. We started, you know, getting more players our second season and, you know, came push come to shove that I didn't really need to play anymore, let the guys ball out and do their thing. So here I am now. So uh, from from your little body, you said you was uh, grew up in New York. What part of New York did you grow up in? Yeah, so I kind of move, moved around a little bit. Uh, I was born in Smithtown, Long Island. I uh, lived Island. in Brooklyn for a little bit. Moved back to Long Island, lived in Medford, Central Islip, and then uh, moved down to Florida in my teen years and been here since. So been here for about 10, 10 12 years. Uh, yeah, since 2011. So I take it you enjoyed the Florida winters more than the New York. Is that is, is that a safe, oh, assess- is that a safe assessment to make? <laughs> definitely. But the summers, hell no. <laughs> the well, summers be killing it, man. You, you, I can't have, the humidity, but you have my sympathy dealing with that because I, I couldn't do it. Uh, you guys are hot over there in Vegas, too. You yeah, know, well, I, but it's not as humid as it is in Florida because I, I'm just speaking for me because if I go there, I would start sweating instantly because, well, number one, I'm bald, oh. and that doesn't help. So, <laughs> Dude, you have no idea, man. Yeah, that's why I was like, uh, 
if you notice the first season, uh, Nightcrawlers have black jerseys. Yes. They couldn't do that anymore, yes. man. That heat, yeah. dude. It was, uh, and for me, uh, you know, I, I like to take care of my players, make sure any any safe avenue we can take is, you know, my top priority. So switching them out of those black jerseys, getting them something cooler to, you know, play in, definitely, you know. Now, are you looking to expand to add more teams in the state? Because how many teams currently are in the are in Florida right now? How many currently speaking? So originally we started with four teams our first season. Um, but, you know, being our first season – they weren't really filled as much as they should be. So instead of having the four teams, we came back down to three and that way, you know, more competition for each teams, you know, because you don't want to have 10 guys on a team going up against, you know, like BIC or Patterson, you, you know, that's, that was our main focus back then, but, or even you guys, you know, you guys got stacked teams too. So it's like, well, I have a team with 10 people on it when you know you can merge some teams together that way it's more competitive for us down here too because we don't want to have one team have all you know all all the like 30 players where one team has 10 12 it's not fair to the rest of the league down here so and then obviously you know compet- competition wise throughout the nation you know you will, we want to be able to compete we want to be able to win so we broke it down to only having three teams it's just it was better for us so all right. Well, Nick, like I said, Nick will be a guest palace for the whole entire show with us, but we are going to get to our first guest. Um, he's one of the newest members to the Wolfpack, the defending champions that is the Insomniacs, and you can plug him in wherever, defense, offense, it doesn't matter. The man just come on and seemingly makes plays. Man stepped in big time in the championship game when Chris McWilliams went down. By the way, shout out to McWilly. Uh, get better as you are now starting the healing process and hopefully we'll see you back out there on the field sometime during the spring but uh our first guest from the insomniacs big number 80 chris cunningham chris welcome to the show how are you sir i'm good thanks for having me guys uh thank you for coming on so what led you to this unique world that is the a7fl well so i play for the ballhawks flag football team a lot of those guys play for the insomniacs obviously they reached out to me. I was like, come try this out. I was like, you guys are crazy. That's all for you. I'll stick to flag when I can play. I'm good. And then, um, so James hit me up months later. They're about halfway through the season. He goes, uh, hey, I know you work six to six on Sundays. We have 7 p.m. games. Come try it out. You know, see how you feel. And then maybe you can come join us in the playoffs. So James is hard to say no to. I've known him for years. So I... Uh, very persuasive, I see. Yes. So I gave it a shot. Loved it. Uh, came out for a couple games. Uh, didn't get to join them in the playoffs due to my wife being very pregnant. So had to be home for that. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes. Thank you. And um, so then I took uh, took some Sundays off to play in the fall. Uh, kind of used that as my little, you know, show my skill to the rest of the Insomniac guys that didn't really know what I'm about because some of them didn't play with me in flag or anything. So that was my little tryout with them, I guess you could say. So obviously you play either tackle in on the defense, play tight end on offense. Which side of the ball do you prefer or there's no preference? Uh, my passion is tight end. I think it's the best position in the game. But I have more fun on defense, honestly. <laughs> I like flying around. I like the close quarter combat on the D-line. I think it's it's a passion of mine, so... Well, so, you're good at it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're definitely good. So, talking about tight ends, was there any tight ends that you watched over the years in your football family that you kind of just 
kind of take your style to or kind of some uh, someone you emulated somewhere along those lines? Uh, so Dallas Clark growing up. He was pretty good. Was a big fan of him. He was pretty good. Mr. No Gloves. Um, Facts. Obviously Gronk. Um, I looked for guys that, you know, enjoy being in, in the trenches, though. So, like, in today's game, I, I'm a big fan of George Kittle because uh, he'll take the ball when you give it to him. But other than that, he's – He loves to block. He's looking out for his teammates all day, and that's that's what I do. I, I'm block first. Give me the ball. I can make plays if you need me to. But I'm trying to get these other guys, you know, the glory. So tell us about playing football in Europe. How was that experience? Oh, it's I highly recommend it to anybody that wants to uh, play past college or uh, even after high school if you get an opportunity if you're good enough to go over there. Um, I uh, played an All-American game after my uh, senior year college. I uh, got hit up by some teams overseas, kind of made the decision to go to Eastern Europe. Uh, was based in Serbia. So we played all along Eastern Europe. Uh, I played pretty much every position uh, that I could. We we didn't have that much depth, and uh, the the competitive league we played in over there was it was actually it was actually pretty cool. But those guys over there they took care of us. If we went into town, we had a team translator, we had a chauffeur, I guess you can call it. We didn't have to pay for anything. Get our you had to pay you had to play in a game to get paid. So that was make sure you're healthy type thing. But yeah, it was it was a great time. Scott, anything you want to ask your teammate? Um, which I mean, obviously, like one of them is present. I'm not going to spoil the rest of the lineup. <laughs> but um, from looking at like the Vegas, looking at the Vegas division as a whole, or and we'll say we'll call it the Nevada division for right now. Okay. What are the what are some of the areas you've seen most improved on, like from the op- op- opposing offenses? And then who's your who's your favorite? And then who's your least favorite line to go against? Um, so obviously, my favorite line to go against is sick with it. I don't think there's another line that's ever going to be like that. I know I missed the game against Alliance that was supposedly at a. A uh, big line to go against that could have been fun. I doubt it would have been, but anyway. So, um, <laughs> uh, so they were uh, chippy for the first half. Yeah, no, I actually liked what I saw. I wish yeah. I would have been at that game. Um, but overall, I think the run game is getting pretty, uh, pretty good. So, like the alienators, they obviously they couldn't do much against us, but I watched their films. They they have something good going there. I know they're uh, what in the f- spring, another team in the spring. They went, uh, like everybody begged them not to do, they completely went in a thousand different directions. Oh, that's unfortunate. because yeah, like they had, they had some good momentum, like you were saying, especially no. the line was putting it together. But hopefully, like, certain chunks land in certain places. But I got you. Um, it kind of seems like it might have been a recruiting spree for a certain team, but I'm not yeah. hating. Well, I would like for them to come back together during Far Brawl, that's for sure, because they were fun to watch. Yeah. Nick, any questions for Chris? Oh yeah, I do. Uh, so on the other side of things, who who is your favorite teammate to play with on your side of the defense there? On the defense, oh, that's a, a, that's a great question. That's uh, a great question. It's an obvious answer though, AJ. Uh, <laughs> You're not wrong. That's one of the reasons uh, I went there. So I'm a huge fan of him, man. Uh, the motor. He uh, nonstop, nonstop motor. Um, 
very just relentless uh and still has so much room to improve and he the the best thing about the best thing about him is he (laughs) takes coaching uh like if i see something i can improve with his game real quick he'll he'll actually listen like and he's super humble guy people don't see that because they see how he is on the field that that's pretty much how the whole insomniac team is like they you got something to say they will listen they will listen especially if you have different in between the hashes you know what i mean like it's it's a different switch that gets that gets hit, and like you're another you're another one of those prime examples of what the Insomniacs means and what why a lot of people are reaching out during this off season to try and come to our tree outs and, and to our workouts and stuff like that, because like there's people like you there. You're a super hardworking guy, like very respectable person. You're a great father. You're a great husband. Like you're you're somebody that people can enjoy having their kids around people can enjoy having their kids around your kids because they know they were raised properly you're you're one of the people that i think exemplifies the insomniac culture and i just want to say i appreciate it i appreciate it's awesome that means a lot i appreciate that yes sir so raised in west born and raised in westport or born in westport new york for those that are not familiar with new york what 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 area of new york is that in uh so it's the it's the army base up there. Okay. Um, yeah. So okay. I, uh, I grew I, my first three years I spent in Croton, which is an hour away from West Point. It's, it's like Southeast ish, uh, hour away from, uh, New York city. So I didn't spend too much time there, but I go back when I can. All right. So if you can tell our viewers, um, give the, explain the difference between playing in Europe, playing indoor football and playing a seven NFL. If you if if you can give our viewers the uh, difference of what that feels like, uh, do so. Okay, so in Europe, uh, eleven on eleven, uh, very. Uh, it was a growing thing out there when I when I was there. So now the skill level over there is improving even more. I would say that A seven FL and indoor football are very similar, very very similar. So that's uh, so I got to play uh, both sides of the ball when I did indoor football. So that's actually the main reason I made the team because I was one of the only guys to go to a small school that showed up to training camp, but they would stop practice just for me to put a, on the uh, offensive jersey halfway through and get my reps on that. So they called me like the the Swiss Army knife. So I, brought, I can bring exactly. a lot of knowledge to uh, especially the defense side of the ball, how small errors can turn into big plays, and that's exactly how the A7FL is. Seven people have to do their job. Mm-hmm. It's not 11 on 11 where one guy messes up, but, oh, we got a you know a baller at running back that made that guy miss and go, you, you mess up, it's a failed play. Yep. All right, one more question from Scott and one more question from Nick. What, what's your what, – what do you think your signature move is? And then – and. And then on the tail end of that, what what is your what is one move you just won't use? A move I Mo- just won't use. Yeah, like most D linemen, like in a in a game situation, like I have one that like for some reason my feet won't work. I try not to say it out loud. <laughs> uh, no, because like I will try it every once in a while and I'll get put on my ass for it. But you gotta try shit every once in a while. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like man, sometimes my feet just don't just don't work. But what's okay, so what's your favorite move? Like my coming in, I I we can't use a, a swim move in most flag leagues. Right. So like being able to use the threat of that swim move on an inside jump is was my favorite. Right. Um so I was just wondering what your angle was. So I have an altered uh swim move. It's very 
low, very tight to the shoulder. I get away with that a lot, especially using my off long arm to set up, set it up. I have a nice little arm drag that I can pull on some people every once in a while when they try to, you know, bring the fight to me, doesn't go well for them. And then, uh, I will never spin in my life. Um, I, I just, I think I'm just too, just too big for that. I'm not like uh Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa. This, this right. is not me. I'm not going to spin, but I'm all about the hand fighting. I'll bull rush when I need to. And I know I can bull rush almost anybody. I'm not trying to get, you know, you got to pace yourself. So you got to be smart down there in the trenches. Definitely. Yeah. I don't like the spin move either. I don't <laughs> like it. Nick, go ahead. Yeah. So my question would be, what would you have to say to the flag community that are thinking about coming and switching over to the A7FL? Good question. Just give it a shot. Uh, I don't even really want to go back to flag. This this uh, brought the passion in football back to me. I was getting kind of you know complacent hey. in in flag. The competition yeah. isn't. It's kind of watered down. I would say here in Vegas, it's top, very top heavy. So I would really only plus work, but I would only show up to the to the games that I knew the other teams were going to be competitive. So A seven FL, it's, it's just a lot more exciting, and you really got to you really got to show up and be ready to play. So give it a shot, and it, you never know where it's going to take you either. All right, Chris, this is the chance to promote yourself and give shout-outs, whatever you feel like doing. The floor is yours. Go ahead. All right, real quick, uh, shout-out to uh, my wife for giving me the permission to show up. Um, She's watching all three kids back home. Uh, uh, Shout-out to my my dad. He... um, he shows up to every game, no matter what it is. If it's flag, doesn't doesn't matter. If you can't show up, he'll find a way to stream something or get updates. So, love that guy. Uh, my kids, my three kids, I love them to death. It's hard to be away from them. So when I do get to play football, it's you know I'm I'm there, blow off some steam, then I'm going straight back home to my kids, and then uh, my brother Travis, who may or may not. Make an appearance one day in A7FL. Man, we'll see. Look, y'all we'll don't see. understand. We'll y'all don't understand. <laughs> well, we'll see. Y'all don't understand. Well, obviously, he is getting a lot of love from his teammates in the uh, YouTube feed, and we appreciate you guys for uh, chiming in. Um, you can catch him on the field with the Wolfpack this season as the Insomniacs look to try and repeat their national title, but you can catch him on the field on defense. On this doesn't matter. Whatever they ask him to do, he just goes there and play. Chris Cunningham, we appreciate the time. Door is always open, my friend. Thank you for coming in. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Take care. All right, as we uh, get ready for our next guest, where, again, Scotty kind of uh, mentioned it, um, this show is definitely dedicated to the trenches, to the offensive line. And uh, obviously, like I said, uh, Cunningham's been getting a lot of love from his uh, fellow teammates. Uh, Real quick, uh, Nick, um, speaking of O-line, speaking of the trenches, you guys notoriously run a very unorthodox style of offense. Yes. And it's yes. like it, in all like in all appreciation of that and it's something I always try and like dig out of people like um especially from different divisions how they see their division shaping up and what what type of um personality or characteristics their their division's going to take and I think you're the perfect person to kind of jump on this. I feel like Florida has a very distinct athletic Yes, edge for sure. on people oh, as yeah. far as that the break in like in and out of a full stop is bananas in that state for some reason. Um, but I was just wondering if 
there's any other factors that go into how you guys are lining up stylistically or if this is just you guys are winging it and knowing you guys have are think, <laughs> feeling like you guys are better athletes and not to mention your guy yeah. and not to mention your guys' speed is absolutely ridiculous out there uh, logo sorry, davis dude. is a freak <laughs> Oh my God! You, yeah, don't even get me started on him. Oh no. wait, hold on. Did they really <laughs> fucking leave? What? Are, are they going back to the nightclub? Because it's a lot of shit going oh, on. Oh, you heard about the rumors? Huh? It's man, the rumor mill is popping. Yeah, I mean, if you have inside information, we will. I want to know. We will gladly. We're all ears. Got inside information for sure. Are you willing I can to cut share? that right now. You could just stop worrying about that. Oh, I guess you would worry about it now because I mean, Ford is these guys, you know. Everybody likes to stir the pot, so everybody likes but, to uh, stir the, the pot. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question about uh, you know our style of play here in Florida, so you guys got a big flag community. Pr- pretty much, most of our players came from either flag football or semi-pro. They played with each other here and there, you know. So they are very. They have built chemistry over the years of how mm-hmm. many ever years they've done that. That definitely so, showed. You know, it's just chemistry between the guys, especially I, got, I know you guys seen it in the championship game. Logo Davis and Bagway, they've been playing with each other for years. And Tyree, so, too. It's probably, I wouldn't say they're winging it. They just have such good chemistry that they know what they're doing. So, you know, that makes just a lot being of able sense. to know what, know what they're doing and they, they know what works for them. And, you know, um, but – you know, the, the style is like more like a wildcat West Coast offense with the pitches and laterals and double passes and, you know, some some crazy stuff that you really do see in flag. So, you know, it's just built off how they play, their style of play. And, you know, obviously, you know, it got them to the championship. So they keep balling, bro. All Thank right. Thank you. So our next guest is ready. And, uh, well, we can – I guess we can call the rest of the show the um, – the Oos Hour because uh, mm. we got a whole bunch of Oos representation on the rest of the show. But joining us first, um, a man who is a, a very humble, humble man, but he plays with tremendous uh, ferociousness on the field. Um, but you can catch him in the trenches for Las Vegas Sigwood. And he is uh, dressed to the nines, looking dapper for uh this interview but the big who's in the house josiah sale in the building Oos, what's going on sir how are you i'm good how are you guys doing man lovely so, so so you've never done interviews never. so <laughs> what made you decide to just uh say you know what let me come on the show what what would uh give us the give us that story first impressions babe. first <laughs> impressions you know it's very important to always sell your character sell your pitch sell your brand um Again, I was just offered the opportunity to be here, um, represent myself, my team, my family as best I can. So I'm excited. <laughs> well, I mean, your 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 story is uh, very quite fascinating. So um, originally from San Diego, yes, and then obviously all leads up to you eventually playing big time college football in the SEC as a Vanderbilt Commodore. So tell us that story about how that happened and. Going through you being recruited, uh, what schools did it come down to before you eventually chose Vanderbilt? Um, so I started playing football in high school. Um, junior, senior year was the years I took off. I got my first couple offers junior year. It wasn't until senior year it amped up. And uh, prior to signing to Vanderbilt, it was between Arizona and Vanderbilt. And um, I was leaning towards Arizona huge. Um, 
I didn't take a visit there. Um, sometimes I always ponder on it. I wonder because, you know, it's always shoulda, coulda, woulda. But um, I don't regret the decision I made. I took a visit to Vanderbilt prior to uh, signing, and I fell in love with it. See, the thing about Vanderbilt is it's uh, the next 40 years, not the next four. And so I'm glad I set myself up. <laughs> I was going to say, that's one of the things. Um, it's a little unrelated, but kind of is. Like, in my little bit of travels, I always try to stop at, like, the oldest university in whatever city, especially, like, um, in like the older parts of the country and like to see that to just be around that environment for that long to absorb that that type of education and like and like the history just like the 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 energy and the like the essentially the energy coming out of that that building in those spaces is incredible like that, that had to have been a, a crazy experience for you yeah it was very fun um you know a lot of people have their inside jokes about vanderbilt when it comes to athletics but um actually I, no actually they have they have one of the top college baseball programs yeah, in the country <laughs> yeah. and they make yearly trips to omaha in the college world series it seems like every do not be fooled on the commodore's yeah. baseball program it is legit yeah i enjoy it. um i always tell people i'm a pac-12 kid at heart but uh Man, do I miss that environment. That's a one-of-a-kind culture. Um, that's one tempo, one speed. I'm privileged to have played there. Um, I had a lot of time up there. Um, I enjoy it. I miss it, man. It was, it was a great experience. It's a different type of ball out there. I, well, I mean, yeah, playing in the I – mean, just, just share your experiences playing in Tuscaloosa and playing in Athens between the hedges and playing in the Swamp in Gainesville <laughs> and, awesome. and Leland Stadium with 107,000. I mean, just as a as a young man playing in those atmospheres, just, just – what kind of experience do you take from that? It's a one-of-a-kind experience, and I say that um, from experience, of course, but um, I'll never forget when we went to Tennessee because Tennessee's our rivals. So mm -hmm. Vanderbilt and Tennessee, they face off every year no matter what sport. Um, the years I went there, I was there for three and a half years. We ran the state, so to say, so we beat uh, every Tennessee team throughout my entire tenure there, and um, it was a fun run. Um, every time we went to Neyland Stadium, it was crazy. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of stories. <laughs> those fans are different. It's a different. Those fans are different. Different, um, different environment. Um, how, we'll keep it PG, but it is different. <laughs> how do you handle? I, I need playing, that conversation afterwards. How do you no, handle yeah. playing in front of a hundred thousand? Because as we know, Knoxville has. I mean, yeah. Leland Stadium is very, very big. Seats so over a hundred thousand. Like yeah. how? How do you keep your composure playing in front of a hundred thousand people on? You know when when CBS had the um, SEC uh, network before they lost it, but I mean, just talk about that real quick. Well, it starts at practice. Okay, I always tell people, especially because um, I train some students, some youth out here, um, and they're you know they try to get prepared for the big scene. I always tell them it starts at practice. When you can treat the little things like the big things, when you get to the big stage, you never have to worry about it. Um, my first time in front of a hundred thousand plus, man, I almost. Got off. I almost stood up in the middle of the play and just walked away. It was so scary. <laughs> it was a scary I, experience. Man, but look, um, I, I always imagined it would be like any given Sunday. I would throw oh yeah. up in the huddle. Like, yeah. but you <laughs> get accustomed. Yeah. yeah, you get accustomed to it. Um, over time, it just becomes like an audition in the beginning. But right. when you get used to it, you get used to the tempo and what you're playing for. It, it's a blessing, man. One of my favorite play. Uh, I'll never forget one of my favorite stadiums to play in was Florida. Actually, I love Tennessee, but. Playing in the swamp was a different type of culture out there. <laughs> being one of the very few, or not very few, but being one of the few A7FL players to have reached such a level, like, at that young age, mm -hmm. can you let the viewers know, like, because we do have young kids that maybe not haven't got, this is what, to me, what A7 is about is about the second chance guy. Like, yeah. this is about the guy who didn't necessarily get the shot or he fucked the shot off, whether it be of it. a woman, a kid, yeah. a job, whatever circumstance may have taken you out of it. Yeah. 
if even like if you feel like you have a shot this is the the place to do it oh yeah what can you tell these people that are looking to go to college if they have eligibility left looking to make it to that next level what type of preparation does it really take outside of the branding outside of the internet presence and cleaning up your social what type of work does it take it's willpower it's the want to so it's the process a lot of people don't understand they they can't go through the process, right? They want what's at the end of everything. They want the result. But prior to getting to the result, you got to go through it. I always say you grow through what you go through. And so I say that because it's crucial to understand that you're going to be faced with adversity, right? So like me, I'll give you guys a quick insight. Um, I treat the A7FL as an audition for me to hopefully, right, potentially make it to the next level. Um, I played at that level. It's great. It's fun. You know, I appreciate the props and all. But again, I'm a humble soul, and I mean that as at the most humble way I can say it because um, there were some things I could have did better in my collegiate career um, if I didn't cut myself short, right? I could have been here. I could have played there, um, but I fell short in a lot of aspects outside of school, right? Got into a couple things academically or mm-hmm. just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I treat the A7FL as a, uh, as a stepping stool to get me there, right? The work that it takes, you can't treat this like it's a regular league. There's some people in here that are really hungry to go play. And then there's some people that it shows. They're just here to be a part of something. They're here to belong. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I'm not knocking anybody and what they do and what they're here for, but essentially for the people like myself, and there's a, a few I can name um, that are looking to take this to the next level, you got to treat it like you got to treat the small things like the big things that I say it as as best as I can, because uh, this is an audition. You never know who's in those stands. You never know who's watching and you never know who's on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what you got for him, Nick? Go ahead. So what do you think you can personally can improve on to help get you to that next level? Well, my biggest challenge right now is um, getting in shape, okay? So I, I was at my peak three years ago. I'm 25 years old. I graduated college two years ago. But prior to that, I was at my peak shape. Um, right now, I struggle a bit. You know, again, I, I blame being Samoan and how much we eat. You know, that's just a little <laughs> joke I love to tell everybody. But aside from that, right, my biggest thing that I think I can improve myself on, aside from IQ of the game, is just getting myself in tip-top shape. I always tell people it's hard. When you come from a regiment and you're regimented, it's hard to get back in that flow of things. So um, I can I can prepare myself that way, just getting back in shape, being consistent, um, you know, the usual. <laughs> well, I mean, given that the shape that you are, um, thick, boys ain't, thick boys ain't Huge. supposed to be as athletic <laughs> as you are, making one-handed catches and, and, and going through defenders. Because, I mean, if you have not seen this man play, he this man has made some plays, um, but also is a tremendous, fantastic teammate, which, again, go to the archives, go to ASMFL.tv and, and watch him pass, stick with the games, and just watch this man's athleticism of just how how noble he is using his feet on the field. So don't 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 let the big size fool you. But real quickly, um, talk about real quickly the um, inspiration that is your mom and your wife. Yeah, so my mom, my wife, my kids, those are my main my main supporters. My entire family, um, my culture, they know. We, they, everybody understands how we are. We, we pride ourselves on family. It's, this is our hierarchy that we abide by, right? It's, uh, our, it's God, family, all else falls in place. And so we live by those three mottos. Um, and I say my mom and my girl and my kids because uh, those are my main supporters. Um, mm-hmm. My girl and my kids because that's my family away from family. That's my legacy that, I, that I'm going to leave behind. You know, God willing when that day comes um but but they're everything to me everything i do when i go to play when i'm away when i'm doing work they're always on my mind um my mom just because i'm a mama's boy um a lot of us i always tell everybody we only get one set of parents so no matter what hand we're dealt 
honor them, obey them, and I promise you will they'll live, they'll flourish, <laughs> they'll live long. So, <laughs> the doors of the church are open. Is there one? Man. Um, <laughs> Amen. Church. <laughs> Nick, you got something else for him? I'm good, man. Scotty, um, how do we fix the fact that um, it seems in A7 we are seeing a rampant amount of catch blocking? Yeah. So how of- how do we how do we go about trying to fix it? And as a D lineman, I hope y'all don't fix it. <laughs> but for the league's <laughs> sake, how do we go about fixing it? Because it's it's a big thing that messes up a lot of plays in the backfield. Like we have yeah. super athletic running backs, but we're having guys that are trying to just kind of catch people instead of getting off the block. Yeah. And it's like we're pass blocking on every play. For people who don't understand what a catch block is, is you're waiting for the D lineman to get to, to you. With you. Yeah. And then you're you're just making sure he doesn't get to the quarterback. But what it does is it you get end up getting pushed into a running lane or mm-hmm. you end up tripping somebody up or somebody pulling or whatever. Whatever the case may be, you're getting in the way. Yeah. Um, and it just seems that we, no matter how much we talked about it, how much um, we brought it up, I was wondering if, if you guys see the same thing oh, and yeah. how you're going to adjust to it. So my biggest thing, because I was, uh, I preached to my team, I preached to my coach about it. Um, if we're being honest, right, a lot of that comes from coaching. That comes from history and experience of playing ball. And yes, again, sir. we're not knocking anybody. So you can tell who's had that type of coaching, who's had that experience, and who hasn't. So for those who haven't, because it's a lot in the league, and I see it all the time, um, it's fundamentals. Now, granted, where A7 is going um, in Nevada, you know, we don't have that structure of true coaching, a position coach. We don't have that just yet. So I'm not going to blame it and say, oh, we need it. You know, it needs to be coaching. If it's this series for you, right, and I always tell everybody, you need to teach yourself or you need to learn and lean on somebody who's better than you in that aspect and you can learn from them. Right. So my thing, you know, I always, just from my experience alone, playing with people, being at football camps, um, just being with everybody, I always share the knowledge I have when it comes to that craft and that position. And you forget I'm a defensive lineman too, so I love when the first thing I see is low hands, Open chest. That's open field for us. I, I tell these guys all the time, <laughs> if you field. give them your chest, That's, it's over with. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Your job, and, and you have by far, in my opinion, the best push-pull in the league. Sorry, Dylan Graham. I know, I know we were giving you props for yours, but his is the best. So with that push-pull, is it holding because we don't have pads based no. on the rules it's not holding it's right not, because you're no. allowed as long as they're not trying to break away and you're continuing that that movement yeah. you can pull them down to the ground as if they're not strong enough to fight that motion since i'm a football head right let me right. let me fix the terminology okay i, I want to say i, I want to say I, pull yeah, down you know, to I'll the ground up. no no no, it's okay i want to say pull down to the ground because you have those people in the comments that are going to be they'll little, be on my bumper yeah, for that they'll yeah, be a little okay. anal. <laughs> you're right. you know how it is they'll be a little anal with how you say it and what you say actually you're, you got a compliment oh, you did oh shit yeah yeah you yes <laughs> so what i'm saying is instead of pulling to the ground we we shed away down and away so we cancel gap with body and body okay. so for example when i push pull I always strike them, you know, initially coming out the stance, I strike them, extend. Once I have that extension and I can see where the back is or if the play declared, I'll cancel the gap with their body while I'm fitting my body in another gap. So okay. in, in motion, right, when the play snap, it all looks like it's holding, but technically it's a quick, it's like the sled work. Again, it goes right, back right, to right. if you've ever been on a sled, if you've ever hit a sled, the first thing you do, you extend, you pop, pop. you release. Yep. So, um, yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that's perfect. And that this is this is the type of thing I want to start getting into more. Like I think this is what we need as a league to develop these younger players yeah. and like finding out you're only 25. You got a lot of life to go in them legs, sir. <laughs> so like these are these are things that you can help a lot of these guys yeah. with. 
And and with these older players that we have, like you said, and you being one of the better linemen in the league, getting on here and saying the ability to lean on somebody that might have a better skill set than you, they might not be a better player than you, yeah. but if they have a better developed skill set, oh, yeah. that means they honed that edge over time. Yeah. Maybe you should figure out how they honed that edge. Yeah. And then you can just bump up that little bit extra. The I appreciate yeah. you saying that. The problem comes with pride. There's still a lot of pride in the league, right? We still have a lot of cats yes, from sir. different playing backgrounds. Um, until we can all kill that, I speak for the league as a whole so we can all kill the egos and learn how to come together you know for one thing because again we can't be vegas versus everybody if we can't even get along hey, yes you sir. know so <laughs> yes, it's sir. one of those now i'm not wrong. saying we have to be best friends but when it comes to the craft of the game we got to learn how to play together with each other it's not hard it's just a pride thing but yes sir again the yeah. doors of the church are open is there one <laughs> come now nick look like i got a question when i asked the big it was go ahead uh i was gonna go ahead and ask so how, you said you played at Vanderbilt for four years? Yeah, from 16 to 20. Okay, cool. Um, and when you were, you know, faced with that adversity there, you know, what was one of the things that you did to overcome your adversity when you had to play at that such a high level of football? Well, how I grew up, again, because I don't, I don't mean to offend nobody, but how I grew up was uh, spiritual, right? So I always leaned on my religion, on my faith, whenever I didn't understand or I didn't know much. Um, but for those who may not have grown up like that, what I did was I always looked at um, a positive example in my position or somebody who's at a higher title. So if I didn't trust nobody in my position group, I would always look at my position codes and go from there and build off of that because it's, it's essential who speaks into our lives. It's essential who speaks to us. Amen. So I wouldn't just listen to somebody yep. who is a doctor but they just know knowledge of the game from watching the game but they've never played the game and never done the craft i would never listen to somebody like that because that's like the football player coming into a doctor's office and telling them what to do because i played that game <laughs> right scalpel. You know, so scalpel yeah but yeah that's my biggest thing am i leaned on my faith or um again you gotta have you have to have a trusted community around you it, it matters who's around us and who's with you and who you guys are investing your time into that's why um what we have at sick with it again i love everybody who i play against and whatnot um what we have at sick with it we're, we're, we're breeding that right now we're breeding just a foundation and a franchise within the program um now this question is not for me this question is actually from uh chris vera who's on assignment but he um wants to ask um how do you like the comparison between you playing in college in the sec and a7 it's one of a kind in the SEC. I always tell people, I know I keep saying the redundant thing, but A7 to me, this is, and I'm going to be completely honest with, with the podcast and with myself. I view A7 as almost like a, uh, again, I said earlier, like an audition. There's not many people who've come from that type of tier football. I don't mean to say it like that, but who's come from that top tier down here to play. A lot of people, they'll probably look at it like, oh, he's a bounce back, referring to me. Right. But what I look at it as is an opportunity because I played at that level, so I can come and share the knowledge with people who's never played at that level to get to that level. So the comparison, um, it's not 11-man ball. It's uh, I believe Chris said it best. Um, you're only as good as your weakest link. So it's seven-man football. It's crucial that everybody does their job. So if somebody gets knocked out the gap and the backer can't cover, there we go. You know, it's, yep. we're exposed. We're getting Absolutely. gashed up the hole. So, again, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And the comparison, to me, there really is no comparison because when it comes to 11-man ball versus 7-man ball, it's a different type of context. It really is if we, if we had all night to break it down. So, Well, we might have to have you back on to break that down a little <laughs> bit more because one thing we do want to highlight is how the skill set can transition to the next level. Yeah. Not just for our players' sake, but also to these guys at the upper uh, at the upper tier at the next level yeah. you know what I mean like so we can explain to these coaches this is what we're doing this is what we're working on these are what these kids are 
are are putting the work into yeah. and yes we don't have pads on yeah yeah we don't have helmets on but these are the skills that are going to transition yeah. into helping your organization get better win that championship and get that extra sponsor and essentially bump up higher yourself that's the best way you can say it i agree um the transition right if you can take it from here to the next level that's all they're looking for but that's yes. also what we breed and that's a good look on nevada it's a good look on a7 and uh, we can all prosper from it yeah so nick we're gonna go ahead and book him again so we can break <laughs> this down and if we could get like an all a if we could have like or no if we could have like a all like get him and matt kenny and 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 ooze back in here and like just break down some offensive line like film. Like, like being like being on Do the a fox, film like, study like, like, like being oh, on the fox could, field and 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 actually demonstrating how you other side block. of the ball film study yeah, we could do it once a month what are once a, one one episode a month do an a7fl film study we pick a position and just break down random film from across the league from the previous season boom nice. now big it was like this it. now big was this is from uh one one of your rivals in the league but um <laughs> scotty just uh basically said that uh he wants you to come help be a part of his coaching staff at oh, western high at the high school yeah. yes <laughs> so uh i'd love to um right now i'm just in a position where um just outside of school, right outside of work, um, just got to find a way to make time. My problem right now is time. Um, I spoke with Scott already because uh, I'm at Desert Pines. For those who don't know, I, I'm a yes. coach or I'm a teacher over there. And then um, I, I was coaching in the spring, and then I had an opportunity with the arena team here, and then we went from there. And so now I'm right back into the schooling. Um, I never left schooling, but so I'm just trying to find time to make you know for coaching. <laughs> so real quick, let's talk about this upcoming season for Sickwood as you guys have aspirations to win a championship of your own. What will it take for you guys to to try to get to that next level, to try to be at the level of the Insomniacs, if there's a possibility for that to happen? What, what do you think has to happen for you guys to get over that next, to get to that next level? Yeah, camaraderie. I say that with, with everything in me, camaraderie. We got to, every it, it's known, it's, it's seen on film, right? Um, we got to come together. That's our biggest thing. As soon as we can come together, oh, man, we're going to flourish. I know we are. And I'm not just being biased because I play for the team, but I think we've all seen teams like our team in the position we're in currently, and we've seen them flourish and make way. And so I always, always, always preach camaraderie, um, being together. Again, just getting on the same accord. Like I said, we just have different – it's it's just hard right now, right? We have mm -hmm. different people from different playing backgrounds, different experiences. But uh, one thing we always preach is as soon as we can get on the same page, we're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um that's what I can say for right now. <laughs> one more question from Scott and one more question from yeah. Nick. Mm -hmm. mm. If you could make one adjustment to the rule set of A7, what would it be? New referees, man. We got we to gotta cycle through the refs. <laughs> no, that's just me playing. Um, one, let me see. Allow us to play. It's just like 11-man ball. So if I'm getting a whistle blown when I'm dragging, I'm taking a guy 30 yards out the game when that's the nature of the game and that's the nature of my position, mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have shouldn't to worry about that. Penal I shouldn't be penalized for being too for, good. For just being, a, you know, a, better a guy at my craft. <laughs> Understood. I like it. Nick, go ahead. Yeah, so I got some guys down here in uh, the Florida division, you know, who come from a high level as well. Um, what gives... Uh, let me let me think about this. How I'm gonna ask this? What oh, drives you to continue to play? Other than you know, like you said, it's an audition. It's an audition. Yeah. Is there more to it than just an audition? 
Yeah, for my personal right, for my personal experience, it's when I cut corners when I was still an undergraduate. That, that's my personal feud. Is um, that's my motive. Is um, if I just took these things serious, these practice series, you know, these practices more serious, I would have been here. That would have gave me the edge above more players, just stuff like that. Um, I always tell people it's an audition, yeah, but for myself. It's just it's writing where I went wrong. And sometimes while you have an opportunity to do it, I'm going to take it. And so not many people are able to continue to play. So for the people in Florida, I'm sure they can attest for those who've come from that level. Um, the fact that we're still able to wake up and still perform and still play. Not many people get that chance to do it. I'm going to take it until I can't do it anymore. And if I can get somewhere from there, I'll get somewhere. But um, I'm, I'm pretty content with my uh, my career, my collegiate career. I've the degrees that come from it, the networks I've built, and then, again, just the experience and the people I get to meet along the way. All right, Big Goose, here's your chance to promote yourself, promote your brand, shout-outs. And can you please properly pronounce your name for everybody and for <laughs> us up in the booth? i got to start asking people to do this because I – man, look – I, I don't I don't even try pronouncing half of y'all shit. <laughs> well, I don't mind I don't mind say you know it's a compliment for within the Polynesian community, but the proper way is Sao. Sao. So Sao. 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 Yeah. Okay. So that's the proper way to uh, announce it. But, Sao. Uh, Sao. Okay. So quick shout outs. Uh, I thank God for the opportunity first and foremost. Um, shout out to the podcast for allowing me on here. Uh, for sick with it, my team, you know, got to represent my team, myself, my brand, and then uh, my family, of course, my family in California, and then my family at home, my girl, my kids, allowing me to be here because I couldn't be here if uh, nobody's watching the kids, right? <laughs> no, but just all jokes aside, I'm thankful for my support system and uh, yes, for everybody here. Well, you can catch the Big Goose on sick with it as they will open up the 10th anniversary season. They will open up with the first game of the year against the Pit Bosses. Oost, the floor is always open. We appreciate the time. Thank you for coming in. Thank and you, sir. Thank you, brother. Thank all you the guys. best and good health this upcoming season. Likewise, likewise. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. All right. Well, as the uh, Oost hour continues, as the other guest is making his way, um, so as we uh, come towards the 10th anniversary season of the ASMFL, if you want to sign up and play this upcoming season, go to asmfl.com slash players and that will give you all the information on if you want to register and play in the upcoming 10th anniversary season of the ace nfl and also for season ticket holders you can start getting tickets right now and once you do get that you can also get a nice commemorative 10th anniversary t-shirt which all the information is also on ace so again if you want to register to play this upcoming season ace slash players and go to ace in regards to season tickets and your chance to get yourself a 10th anniversary t-shirt for the upcoming 10th anniversary season which again starts on march the 24th now nick let me ask you this question if there's one team to look out for in florida that no one's really talking about who might that team be oh let me give a shout out to the o-town orange so um they played a couple preseason games. Um, we don't really broadcast that too much because it's just, you know, the guys getting scrimmages together against the other teams. And they haven't been losing. So they've been putting on – I've been to a couple of their games. They're very well organized. Um, you know, they're counting, doing jumping jacks, you know, stretching. Got good plays lined up. there, and, and when they play, it, it looks as organized as it gets. So – when they're playing, I can see them as a good contender for this division. Um, I could see them a good contender for the league. Um, they added a lot of players um, since last year, and they actually got a lot better. So I would look out for the O-Town Orange. And, yeah, 
yeah. O Town Orange is it's it's they're they're doing their thing. All right. Well, which by the way, we will highlight the Florida Division and all the other divisions as we are coming up across the 10th anniversary season, which once again starts on March the 24th. Of course, we've got a new team coming in with the Indianapolis High Octane. <laughs> No, I don't think he was in the movie Super Troopers. I don't think so. But nonetheless, joining us, uh, our next guest, uh, of course, you can see him with him and big Kenny Mack on that ferocious offensive line of the Wolfpack, of the Wolfpack, the defending champions, the Insomniacs, the one. Now, originally, I thought his nickname was Dr. Oos, but we were correct. It's the Oos, but... Like I said, the Oos Hour continues as Big West is in the house. Oos, how are you, sir? How are you? Hey, good to be here. So, again, for uh, our viewers and also for us, give us once again the correct pronunciation of your last name so we don't botch that. Uh, it's just like uh, Isaiah Sao. Mine is uh, Wesley Mawia. So, oh. you can, I mean, you can go as Mawia. Okay. That's cool. All right, so I, I see that you're uh, from the same roots as I am from the Bay Area. Um, yes. you specifically from the town, town business, Oakland, California. Um, what part of the town did you live in? Uh, East Oakland. Grew up in Ooh. East Oakland. Shit. Well, obviously, you can tell some stories about uh, East Oakland. Oh, it's so. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the transition from the town to Vegas. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm uh, from a family of seven. So, um, with the two oldest being gone, um, my mom decided to move to Stockton um, because uh, it was getting too uh, ghetto for us, is what that, they say. That's a wild, yeah. for anybody who hasn't been to California, yeah. it's a wild statement yeah. to say you're moving to Stockton to get yeah. away from the Just violence. to get away from the streets. Man, shout out to the Diaz brothers. You know, yeah, Diaz the Stockton brothers. slap. You know, Stockton <laughs> And actually, yeah. the uh, Stockton Nuts, the uh, minor league team in uh, low A ball in Stockton. Well, not the Stockton Ports, I'm sorry. Stockton That's the Modesto Ports. Nuts, I'm sorry. Got the wrong <laughs> got the wrong teams mixed up. So, tell us about your football back, uh, background, news. Oh, man. Um, after high school, I got a scholarship to uh, USC. Oh. Um, yeah, I was going to sign with them, but I ended up, um, something went wrong with the... Uh, SAT scores to where um, I ended up taking it late. So they ended up giving the scholarship to uh, Keith Rivers. I don't know if you guys heard of uh, Keith Rivers, the linebacker for USC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they ended up giving him the – and then um, the second team was Fresno, Fresno uh, State. The Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, yeah. They offered – they were really heavy on me and uh, – um, they didn't come on campus on time, so Montana State was there. The Grizzlies? Yeah, no, uh, Bobcats. Oh, Bobcats, okay. Yeah, they were on there looking for other recruits, like other players that we had that was available. And they said I was still around. They said, oh, man, I'm going to take a shot at this guy. So they came with the full ride, and I just talked with Coach and just took it. So, so what was that like playing in uh, Division Two, which is obviously a lot different from Division One? Talk about that real quick. Um, well, back then um, Montana State is uh, Division One. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, they were a Western Conference, I think. I'm not sure. Oh no, no, 
Sorry, Big Sky Conference. Big Sky, go. yes, Big with Sky. Uh, UC Davis and UC Sacramento Davis, State. Yes, Sacramento, yes. Portland. Yep. It was it was pretty cold. I, I was gonna say, how'd you like the weather up there? That is not how California is. Man, it was the craziest experience I've ever had. Um, being um, in college, um, coming from, well, coming from Stockton, you know, it's a little cold in the, you know. On that uh, north side, but not Montana cold. Not Montana cold, man. Even white people don't like that cold. Now, did did you guys get to experience playoff football? Because I know in that particular uh, concept, they do playoff football, um, and they travel. Did you get to experience that? And if you did, what was that like? Oh, it was man. We had to like keep moving, and on the sideline, you know, if you're not on the field, you have to keep moving to stay warm. I mean, the lowest we played, I think it was like. Negative thirties. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, it was snowing, Mm-mm. raining, and windy at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Damn. I'm gonna assume that I there, love football. I'm going now, to but... assume that there were no heaters on the sideline. Is that no. a is that a fair assessment? We had a the pocket the uh, hand warmers. Hand warmers. <laughs> hey, yeah. well, once it gets so cold, like I, I'll be outside, bro. I, I really, I really outside. Those hand warmers when it gets too cold, they don't even work. Yeah, and they don't. They really don't. They just freeze up on you because it's it's just a chemical. It's like a little magnesium reaction. Like that, that shouldn't get too cold. That shit don't work. Any mm-hmm. questions, Chris? I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry, Nick. Chris. Wow. Oh, wow. You're good. Yeah, I got a question. <laughs> He's got hair. How much? How much can you bench, bro? Because you look like you could lift the fridge by yourself. Man. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't really bench that much. He, really. he can pick up three you know? kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Five, he can bro. pick a five, <laughs> he said five. five. Yeah, no, but hey, no, look. But no, I've been to the poly cookouts, bro. Yeah, no. Nah. nah. What do you do to um, keep yourself conditioned for the league? Man, well, every year, man, like uh Sal said, um, you know, as we get older, you know, we like food, you know, we eat a lot. So <laughs> man, we get bigger and heavier. I mean, i I start off as a running back. Running, yeah. Running, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, a minute. Yep. <laughs> All high school running Whoa. back, and then I went to linebacker, and then I played both sides running back. And y'all linebacker. not built the same. <laughs> no. Y'all shouldn't be that big and that fast. Both of y'all sitting yeah. in here. Yeah, I was that's linebacker. Not, that's uh, fucked up. Yeah, linebacker. I was playing at two seventy five. Jesus. Yeah, but the benching, um, uh, the most <laughs> was the four eighty five. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. So explain the transition of going from playing in college football to eventually finding A7. What made you want to play A7, and what do you like about A7? Well, um, man, just like uh, Chris was saying earlier, you know, there's a bunch of us uh, flag football players. Um, For me, it's just cardio. Um, I look at it as, you know, something to have fun, still do, um, stay in some way, shape. Well, always not a shape, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, just something fun to do, man. You know, every Sunday you look forward to something like that. Besides uh, being busy at work, um, it's it's a fun league. Uh, I like it. You know, it's uh, I like the physicality of it. What do you find more taxing, the run blocking or pass blocking? Because you guys have very extended plays. Like even like the run plays, like RTC doesn't go down fast, bowling ball don't go down fast, and now juice, juice don't go down fast. <laughs> Everybody else is always looking for a cutback. You guys pitch the ball, so you can't stop blocking. Like once, once even once they get past you, they're you're still blocking downfield. Like, and then in the pass blocking, 
Scooter's so hard to take down, like it's almost pointless for some teams to rush him because their DNs literally can't bring him down even if they get to him. So, like, what, what's more taxing for you guys? Um, us is the running. Uh, we like the running a lot, um, either left side or right side. And, uh, is that the call? Yep, Kenny Max said dog food. <laughs> Whereas in the front of us is, uh, I feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, go ahead. If you have a question. Right, yeah, yeah. so um, you said how long did you play in college for? Um, you, know, I did, you had a full ride? Yeah, I had a full ride. I did uh, two and a half years in Montana State, and then I finished up at uh, Western New Mexico, which is a D2. Yeah, how did, how did you like that experience and then, you know, being able to take what you learned from that and bringing it to the A7FL? Oh, it's, it's a lot of knowledge of uh, football, um, you know, being able to play both sides of the ball and just knowing, like, what you expect and who do you have in front of you, you know, and just dominate pretty much. You know, that's pretty much it. What do you think is a bigger edge up? Like if for a younger player kind of struggling to play O-line, um, we tend to have a lot of bigger guys, uh, especially in the Nevada division. Uh, we struggle with having bigger guys that don't know how to play football or smaller guys that rely heavily on technique. But with a younger, bigger guy, um, would you focus – more on being able to read what the defense is doing compared to uh, like schematic, like the ability to read uh, schematically or like a hand-to-hand technique? Um, well, to be honest, I, I use fullback, you know, running back uh, blocking as, you know, part of uh, the O-line when I'm blocking. Um, I look at whoever's lining up, whether it's a uh, – you know, a fast guy, low speed, or a power, you know, like uh, Chris and Sal. Like, you got to figure out, you know, who's in front of you at, at all times, you know, when you're you're blocking. And it's all hands and feet. If you don't have feet, yeah. Okay. That's what I look for. If, 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 I find a, if I find an O-lineman that crosses his feet, it's over with. Yeah. Now, Oos, I got a question for you. Do, yes. do you sometimes find yourself in awe when you're lined up next to Big Kenny Mac and you watch him do what he does? Do you find yourself in awe sometimes? You're just like, how does he do it? Man, I love playing with Kenny Mac, man. <laughs> that dude is a is amazing is an amazing player, man, and uh, um, coolest dude you ever find on the field. Um, it's just fun, you know. He makes everything fun. Like one one of the games, man. I don't know if you guys pay attention. So this guy was blocking backwards with no shoes on. Oh, we catch the no oh, shoes yeah, all the time. No shoes yeah. all the time. We, we like, catch the no shoes for sure. That, that to me, it makes you know makes football a lot of fun, man. Uh, one thing, one thing you guys do a lot, and we talk about that other teams don't, is your communication. Both pre-snap, like in the huddle, you guys aren't just sitting there listening to the play. As soon as it's like there's a second huddle, um, as soon as Scooter calls the play. It's like you you three turn, like the three linemen, they'll turn, talk for a second. You get to the line. There's more communication. Does that communication continue throughout the play, or is it once right before the ball right before the ball is snapped, you guys know what your job is doing, and then it's just it's all just shit talking from there? Well, 
It, it all because we see you guys talking. We just don't yeah. know what you're saying. It all depends if if, if, the, if the run goes good and you see, uh, you know, uh, Tate or or um, <clears throat> Anderson um, or Wilkerson, um, you know, score. Then we're like, okay, everything's cool. But if we mess up, like, hey man, you're supposed to, you know, we just talk like that, you know. It's but, good because I I think communication is lacking a lot. Oh, like you'll see a lot of a lot of these, especially it's always the lower tier teams too. You'll see their linemen come up like half the time they're looking at their own feet. They're not. There's no communication between the two between the three of them, or let alone trying to read and figure out what the defense is doing or making any adjustments. Like, do you guys? It it seems like the insomniac way is to make people bend to your will, regardless of how long it takes. Are there adjustments made, or is it just simple adjustments to make an adjustment to your scheme? It's like all the adjustments are just minor adjustments. There's no scheme adjustments made mid-game. Yeah, it's all minor stuff. Um, usually, um, usually Mac just, you know, let me know what the play is. And then, you know, being so experienced in football, you know, you got to understand what the play call is and just run it. You know, if we mess up, look for another, you know, color to, you know, to take advantage of. If you don't mess up, don't just stop in the middle of the play because I did that a couple times and Mac was looking at me like, bro, what are you doing, Noose? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but, uh, <laughs> but, but we scored. It doesn't yeah, matter. You see, you see Anthony all the way down there? <laughs> Celebrating. <laughs> you see Tate doing backflips? Nick, what you got for him? All right, so uh, th throughout the league, I know you guys just had your fall brawl and everything, but throughout the league, league-wide, what would be a matchup that you are looking forward to the most? Um, I saw some, team, some teams in uh, New York. I'm not sure the names. Um, when you guys put on highlights on uh, A7FL, I always see, like, you know, big boy running the ball. You know, I kind of want to see those teams. BIC you know. kind of runs like a real. BIC is the one team I really want to play. Yeah, BIC. Yeah. Um, Nightcrawlers again, if they're. If they're the same. If they're the same, yeah. Just if like, they're the same, I hope they are. Yeah. Like, be, that's 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 one of the things I I did watch is their their big men knew how to play football, and I feel like it was one of the one of the few times where like. The, we face that that type of motor and skill set combined. Because usually in the league, it's one or the other. Like, I'm an all-motor player. I don't have all the skill set that everybody else has out here. But, they don't have they, but when these guys are putting it together, like, outside of the night, would you say the Nightcrawlers were that best D-line you faced? Or do you know? No. No, I think, um, you know, big ups to uh, Sickwood. I think their D-line is a lot better than... Fall brawl or last year spring? Last year. Last oh, year. Yeah. Or this last this just yeah, this last season the just championship game. With Amada Wada and, and all that. Like he was he was a big standout player from the season. All right, yeah. it was now your quarterback has a request. Uh he wants to hear about the story that you two guys went to go have Korean barbecue. Oh man, this guy. I knew he was going to <laughs> Damn, school. <laughs> what happened? Nothing. Uh, I just invited him to a Korean spot that I go to a lot. Like you know, I even took my coworkers, my managers, 
Anybody that comes in town, that's the place. It's called a... Uh, I was about to say, you going to give up the spa's name? <laughs> it's called a... Uh, everybody pronounced it different, but it's uh, Harrow. Okay. Where's that one? H W A R R O. Um, it's right off of Decatur and uh, Spring Mountain. Ooh, I'll be oh, there. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Scoop ate nothing but all rice, like five bowls of rice. He just ate rice. <laughs> nah, like, he, he had meat. like he's Yokozuna. Okay, yeah. got it. All right. All right. Panda. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, answer me this question: Is the Insomniacs repeat as champions if they do what? If we uh, get Sao over. <laughs> Chris agrees. Scoop agrees. Where do you go? Man, this guy. Nah, Man, just, um, just uh, you know, um, the same team, same camaraderie. Like, I love this team, man. It's a lot of people I play with and, you know, with the Bahawks, especially with uh, Chris um, Q, you know, Steve Dice. Now, have you asked to be on offense and get in on at least one offensive play this upcoming season? Or? Oh, man, Scoop knows. Um, he knows I'm running the ball. Um, it's whatever opportunity, you know, comes my way. Hey, I just got to take advantage, you know. So you said you played running back back in your younger days. So when yes. you were playing running back, um, what was your running style like, or who would, who who would you compare your running style to from somebody that you watched back in the day? Uh, Mike Allstock, just straight focus. Oh, the A train, yep. yeah, one of just, my favorites. Hey, yes, sir. If you're in the way, man, I I feel bad for my knees. No, can you imagine how big he would look with that neck roll? Ooze yeah. up the Jesus gut. Christ. I can I can yeah. hear Gene Tech right now. Ooze up the gut. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. You know, in high school, I I used to get a lot of uh, stingers. So, you know, um. They had coach had me wearing a neck roll one day, and it was <laughs> just like, shit. like, yeah, ain't no way. I was like, bro, what is this? And I was just running. Yeah, somebody need to get that kid's birth certificate. <laughs> what you got from Nick? I am twelve. So how how much longer do you think you got left in you then? Um, not much longer, man. Um, you know, getting to that age, uh, not gonna say my age. <clears throat> <laughs> But hey, as long as his feet moving, you know, I'm, I'm still around. You, know. you, you know, still ten, feel good? Yeah, 10 years of playing in the AFL, it's uh, fortunate to still be able to do what I love, you know. Damn. 10 years in pads. That's a, yeah. that's a, long, that's a long time, time to be doing it. But, um, I mean, now, I mean, um, do make the comparison between A7 and um, – AFL. AFL, because Chris earlier said that there is almost a very, there's a very similar traits. Would you agree with that? Yes, I totally agree with uh, Chris. It's very similar, you know. Um, you know, three on three, we got a linebacker, and you got a fullback, you know, and just, well, they, the only difference between um, the two, I, I, I think, is there's a lot more, um, there's walls. There you go. There's walls that, you know, receivers runs into or anybody catches it. And the arena walls is undefeated, you know, <laughs> always undefeated. Now, are those – now, I'm going to ask, are those walls padded or not, they're not padded? Some. Some areas, some areas. If, if they can afford to pad them, then they pad them. But if not, hey, 
It's gonna just gonna be you and the pole, man. Oh boy. Yeah, a lot of our uh I've seen, you know, they cut it off TV, you know, when we're playing on TVs, they cut it off, but a lot of um players they run right into them head first, some. Mm. Yeah. Damn. That's kind of like the bleachers at the uh, Anderson, uh, yeah, at the at the uh, field we were playing at uh, for in down in Bullhead. That's the most beautiful stadium I've 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 played in for an indoor, like for for, for in, what we for, do for an indoor that is football. For that was that was a very but it very is tremendous atmosphere. Absolutely sure. retarded for them to have them bleachers oh, on yeah. that far end. I saw D Davis. Didn't he run right into the bleachers? Right into that yeah, one? He, he he had a couple of lacerations on his forearm it, and his geez. leg. It happened, but it's happened every time we've played up there. And like, if they could afford to put like some type of like stepped padding, like reversed into like the bleachers going up and made it like at an angle where it would be like a soft landing, that would be cool. But just having that little metal gate there doesn't stop. 250 pound man no, running full speed. The steel guard roll has no right. has no game for anybody. Yeah, sometimes the the you know the walls don't even matter if you're like up close to the uh, you know a front like roll because uh, man, one of the you don't have to worry about that in the trenches. Yeah, I had uh, one experience on my uh, first year ever playing arena ball. It was in uh, San Antonio. Um, we played at the Alamo Dome. Oh wow! It was a TV game and. Uh, Man, I was playing side ice and sideline, and you know they had to cut it off TV. But it was a toss play, and I just I went off, and I like flew into the crowd, and I took a dude's head with me mm. to where my helmet. I had the guy's helmet in my hand, and I had my helmet in a, a lady's face. Damn. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, then it showed up. Busted, busted up. up. Yeah, we had ended up giving her a football, a helmet, a football and a helmet. <laughs> and, uh, you go, you're gonna give me the weapon? You're gonna yeah. assault oh, me and give me the weapon? Oh, yeah, God. yeah. It was some uh, some tickets to uh, more more home games. <laughs> we felt bad. Hey, hey, look, yeah, and don't sue us. <laughs> 50-yard line right next to the action. Real quick, just before we wrap it up, uh, real quick, we talk about the inspiration. I that don't are wrap your, it up. I go raw. Stop it. <laughs> Real quick, talk oh, about the inspiration yeah. that is uh, your two daughters. Oh man, I love them both, man. They um, they both play sports. My oldest plays three. You know, I I come from a background where I played multiple sports: uh, volleyball, basketball. The only thing I didn't do much of is uh, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really like the touchy feeling. That was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but everything else, track and field. Um, what was your event? What was your event in track? Um, I did shot put and disc, but I also ran the um, big both, man relay. Big man relay and <laughs> four a, by one and a two hundred. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Right. No, look, it's always the big dudes. Like it's all. He said he was a running back. You got to take. You got to take a little bit of that weight off. The throwers, they that are athletic, they dig out of that two hundred. It's it's like it's like getting hit on a toss play. Like you, you really don't. It's something about like the the mo- like the physics of that much weight and power being put into that turn that it's just, it's fun to run like for bigger dudes and it, it, there's a freakish amount of power that comes out of that. Well, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, any last questions, Nick, for uh, Mr. Oos? So you played ten years in the AFL. What, what team did you play for? 
Oh, man. A couple teams. Um, I started off at San Antonio, and then um, I got picked up at uh, San, uh, San Jose Sabercats. Oh! <clears throat> Sabercats. Yeah. I'm mad that they uh, took him out the league. I'm still, I'm yeah. still, I'm still uh, anal about that. Yes, I am. I'm mm-hmm. still mad. Go Cats. That was, that was the best experience. That was a good thing. Go, yeah. Now when they took the team Portland, out the league. Yeah, Portland. And then um, I went up to... Um, New Orleans, and then I came here in Vegas. I played here uh, 2015 when they had a team, uh, Las Vegas Outlaws. Um, I played at uh, Philly, Philly Soul, oh. and then um, Atlantic City. And then uh, 2017, I played in uh, uh, Mexico. They had a team out there. They were paying people. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you ever get to? Did you ever get to play in the Arena Bowl? Yes, um, we actually played, but I did not play. I we played against the uh, Arizona Rattlers that long, year. Long time AFL staple, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was hurt. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to dress that game. I wish I did, but yeah. And then the when I played in Mexico, 2017, we also played in the Arena Bowl and. Yeah, we lost to uh, San. Um, I think it was Florida, the Sharks. Yeah, Jacksonville Sharks. There you go. All right. Any last questions for your teammate, uh, Scotty? Um, if you could change one rule from the A seven rule set, what would it be? The holding calls, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm trying to get to we have to we have i went i'm hoping and and will's been awesome like i really want to say me and will have butted heads over some shit me and me and corporate and me and and everybody else have butted heads over shit you don't because say. regardless regardless of what people have to say like i haven't played in a couple of seasons but i'm still here for y'all for the players like and and i i bring shit like this up and um i just want to say that Things are come. They're they're going to get better from all of this headbutting. I promise. Uh, one of the rules, though, I really um, want to you know put it out there is the uh, the line, the DN. You know, if you're lining up as a, it's, I like the arena rule where you got to have a piece of the lineman to rush. What do you mean? So if you're a DN. You gotta at least have a piece of like the shoulder or the leg. Oh, like you have to at least be yeah. shaded at shaded, some point. Yeah. Okay. Shaded that, some that's, and, and that's that's not be thing. way out to where, you know, you're not even gonna get to the ball. Right. Like yeah. it's people always say just kind of squeeze out a little bit more. You gotta change your angles a little bit. Yeah. But that that's a whole different dissection we can get into. I, I like that one. Uh Will's been great about re, uh about talking about rules and about uh accepting um, like comments and, and changes and stuff like that. That's definitely one of the ones we got to, because in the rules it says as an old lineman, you can grab a hold of the Jersey as long as they don't try to break. Mm-hmm. And there's, that's too much of a judgment call for like the emotions that run in this league between the players and the, and the referees. Like it just, it gets too, it's too vague right now. And I feel like it can get, it can get too emotionally charged and and calls can be made that affect the game as a whole. So I agree with that. It's usually a holding call 
Like we saw one called on Biggie that didn't really necessarily affect the play. Um, that was a touchdown that got called back that by Curtis Jones. Um, and it, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of plays like that that happen. Um, and I'm hoping we can get that resolved because I like the push play, the push pull, like as a football fan, like as a D lineman, I fucking hate it. Because you big strong motherfuckers grab a hold of me and my momentum's already going forward. I'm, I'm going to end up eating a bunch of gravel and like it, I look bad on film. But it's a good play for football. Like, and, and people complaining about it is usually because you're not strong enough to keep somebody's hands off you. Interesting point and in, uh, analogy there, Scotty. Good point, Scotty. All right, Big So uh, this is your chance to uh, give your shout outs, promote your brand, promote yourself, anything you want to you know, say. The floor is now yours. Just want to big ups to the uh, my team, uh, Insomniacs. You know, let's get another one this year. Um, to uh, God foremost uh, for allowing me to still play this game that I love. Um, my family, my fiance, and my two kids, and you know, um, my mom, and she's uh, still in Arizona. Shout out to Mama Oos. Yes, Mama Oos. I just want to also point out that three of the most ferocious people in our entire league, not just the division, on the field, are some of the best fathers we have in the league. And we had them, like, we had some of them on here. Like, yes. every single yes. one of, like, the the most, like, raw players on the field, like, they have kids at home, and they, these, are, these are amazing fathers. Like Dedicated I, men. You point me to a deadbeat we have in the A7. Like, I, I don't know of one. Even the ones you think might not be taking care of their kids are amazing fathers. And I, yes. I've been at the tournaments. I've been I've been there when shit's going wrong and they're making the right decisions. Like, it doesn't always look right, but we're always there holding each other down. We hold each other, uh, each other accountable for the most part. But it, it's as far as, like, the, the level of fathers that we have, like, it's it's amazing to see that these these huge human beings with these ferocious tendencies – can be such great fathers. And I, a lot of respect goes out to the three of you, and I appreciate you. Well, you can catch the Oose. Alongside Kenny Mack as the Insomniacs look to defend their title and look to repeat as A, Centerville champions, the Oose, Wesley Monwell. Oose, we appreciate the time. The door is always open. We appreciate you. Thank you, big Oose. Appreciate you. Man, thank you guys for having me. Thank you, sir. All right, as we're uh, coming up against it, uh, real quickly, so... <clears throat> In a A7 film of Adam News, Coach Wallace <clears throat> has taken over the North Vegas kryptonite. Mm -hmm. And the um, chirping going on, per se, is that 75% of his roster is made up of Las Vegas Kings players. Um, how but the you, problem how, is that there's a lot you, of Kings players yeah, already on other teams. True, but I'm just saying how would that compare to A7 <laughs> if there is a comparison? Well, stylistically, like, it would be good. But, mm -hmm. I mean, how many of those players are actually going to show up? Like, I, I, I love Coach Chris. I'm just wondering how many, like, especially, like, some of the biggest playmakers for the Kings are already committed to other teams. Does he think he has the pull to pull them off of their established A7 team? Don't know if it's that, but it's I, just, but it's just an, inter it's just an interesting... I'm, uh, I'm hoping they have a... I'm hoping they come back with a squad. I'm hoping for the the betterment and the development of every single team in Nevada A7. I'm hoping I'm just not I'm hoping that he doesn't count on having just a bunch of Kings players to show up and and take over the Kryptonite. I'm hoping he's doing 
other recruiting inside the league with the free agents and people from outside. Of the, we're seeing p- players play from other other divisions in other divisions. You got to play in one game during the regular season and you're eligible for the playoffs. They fi- like there's ways to figure it out. There's ways to build a team like guys are even flying into play. Exactly. And Vegas is Vegas is one of those markets where people will want to play. We get the airtime. We we have we have the coverage shows. We have multiple coverage shows on multiple different networks. We have the big deals being worked out. If you want to play out here, there are opportunities. These big time players in smaller markets, like if you don't play in a Florida market where like the the potential for advertising and 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 getting your name out there is damn near unlimited. Maybe you think about traveling to a to a place like Vegas where you, where you have that type of marketing ability. Maybe you you choose to go to Vegas where you have the the visibility where you don't get somewhere else. Think about it. It's only one game. You make a couple of man a couple of seventy nine dollar spirit tickets ain't never broke nobody. Like it, 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 I've I've taken Greyhound buses for less. Come on, man. Like take a shot, man. Invest in your future. Go play in Florida. Go play in Vegas. Put your fucking name out there. You're not going to do it in these little last divisions. All right. Well, we'll cl- real quick um, tonight, the Gold have, have their tryouts, and the Hunters are currently having their tryouts right now at Hollywood Park as we speak. The Pit Bosses uh, are have, had one today. They're having one Saturday at 11 a.m. and Sunday 11 a.m. at All America Park. So, again, if your organization is having tryouts, don't forget to please list them in the chat, and we will put them out for you guys. Um Nick, you will lead us off with your final thoughts. And once again, we appreciate you being on, I guess, panelist. Uh, final thoughts. We'll start with you, good sir. All right, let's get it. So I'm hoping for a great year in A7FL. Hopefully everybody could get along. I know, you know, at the ends of some games, people like to be hostile towards each other. I say seize that. None of that. We want to keep this elite professional as can be. Let's have a safe, fun game. Uh, I'm going to cut this. Shit with the rumors. Don't believe what you hear. It ain't fucking true. <laughs> so I know everybody's been waiting to hear that. The Nightcrawlers, still the Nightcrawlers. And they're on a revenge tour, from what I hear. They're only getting better. So that's a big team coming out of the Florida Division. Keep your eyes on. Always has been. So, so does yeah, that let's hope that... for a great 2024 season. Oh, but he also hope to, hope to see you guys again. But he also said, "Keep your eyes on the O Town Orange in 2024." Right. I'm waiting That's for you guys right. to tap into all that talent you got down there in Florida. You oh, guys got a, yeah. you guys got a bunch of guys so down much. there. You I'm, guys got guys sitting on I'm waiting out for there you guys. I'm, waiting, I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for you guys to tap into Miami for sure. That's that. That's a certain. Oh yeah. And once the oh, Haitians yeah. like, show up, we, <laughs> we gonna have we some do. problems. We definitely plan on making that happen eventually. You know. Well, it, they out it, there chasing chickens for cardio. We we're we're in trouble. You guys, you guys have a division owner. You guys should know that obviously Florida division is owned by the A7FL. So it's up to them what they want to do. I oh, always say go find some. There's enough money out there. Go get one of them OnlyFans, bitches. Y'all don't want that. Y'all don't want Jersey running your league. It's already you know made. You know the grunt work's been done. All you gotta do is, you know, take it on over, build from where where it's at. You know, only get better. This league only gets better. So, all right, real quick, Nick. If people want to contact you, how do they go about doing that? 
So there's a co different a couple of ways you could get in uh, touch with me. One of my fast responses is going to be through Facebook. Uh, reach me, Nicholas Alimo. Um, that's A-L-A-I-M-O. You can reach me there. Um, you could also contact me via cell phone. I am text back pretty fast, 352-403-3803. And then if you uh, – You just gave your number. I'll be ready out. for dick pics. Reach Stop out Reach it. out to one of the uh, A7FL Florida pages. I'm, I'm – on those i get all those messages so if you want to get in contact with the board of vision not just myself you want to get some information about the league how to sign up you know what we're doing for the board of division as a whole just hit up the league and they always send people my way as well so if you don't can't get a hold of the league can't get a hold of me um they'll send you they'll send they'll find a way i've i've gotten many people to find a way to me so pretty open all right, well, that is the Florida Commissioner of the A7FL, Nick Alamo. Nick, we appreciate the time, and thank you for coming on, being against pounds. The door is always open for you, but I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. It was fun. All right, Scotty, your final thoughts. Um, My final thoughts would be, um, again, thank you to all of the people, um, our community, the players, the support staff, the production crew, everybody involved in A7. Um, anything that you want to get done, you can get done with this community. Um, I'm going to keep harping on it. If you need something done, reach out on the Facebook page. If you, man, whether it be your car needs fixed, you need a lawyer, whether it is you need a new ceiling fan put in, whatever it could be. There's somebody out here that can help you. They're willing to help. I mean, sometimes everybody, just, even if it's just a conversation, Man, reach out. Somebody's here for you. We got you. All right. First off, Crispin Williams, Mr. Mouth, you need to stop right now. My phone died. I can't read the comments. <laughs> stop it. Stop it right now. He he knows what I'm talking about. Anyhow. He probably uh, on them painkillers, bro. Don't get him started. He talks no, shit. He's already, already been. No, he's been started. He hasn't stopped since. I can't, my phone died. I somebody, can't see Somebody comments. planted the seat, and Mr. Mouth has been going in ever since. Oh, God. Anyhow. Um. Special thanks to the, everybody in the chat for uh, showing love to your teammates and showing love to everybody that has uh, Huge shout out come to on the chat. show. Again, special thanks to Nicolamo for coming in, the Florida Commissioner. Special thanks to Chris Cunningham. Special thanks to Mr. Josiah Sal, the Big Oose, for coming in. Also, the Oose, Big West Mobile, for coming in. Of course, special thanks to Quan59, as always. Special thanks to our producer, Nick Blaze. Yes. On-site producer Pierre, aka Pierce Torres, and by the way, uh, Pierce, happy birthday to your sister. Um, also, special thanks to our executive producer uh, Derek Duncan, who is doing what he does best. And also, uh, I know Chris chimed in on the chat tonight; but he was on assignment, but he definitely made his presence felt. Um, definitely, as we are counting down the days to March the twenty-fourth, when the tenth anniversary season comes all into fruition, and can the insomniacs repeat? Can the winning streak continues? Can the Northeast make their way back into the championship picture? Will the Nightcrawlers, as Nick just said, will they be on their version of their revenge tour? All that and more. Again, if you want to play this year in A7, again, a7fl.com slash players. And again, if you want to get your season tickets now, you can go to a7fl.com. And also you have the chance to win yourself or get yourself a nice commemorative 10th anniversary T-shirt. And uh, with that said, uh, for the Viking in all his red beardness i'm double a but before we go we got jeep that's gonna take us out and we will see you next week on episode number 74 of the well but in the meantime 
Jeep's going to take us out. We'll see you next week. You guys have a good rest of your week. Have a safe weekend. Take care of yourself and each other. You guys stay blessed, stay safe, stay healthy. Jeep, take us home. Jeep Only is the official sponsor of the A7FL World Champion Insomniacs. At Jeep Only, customer satisfaction is their top priority. Jeep Only is the name, but Jeeps aren't the only thing that they sell. They have all brands available for purchase. You'll experience a seamless buy-in process and enjoy peace of mind knowing that you're getting the best value for your investment. Call 702-788-1748 and ask for Tommy Smith and mention your A7FL World Champion Insomniacs and receive that special discount.